telling them that the yep. oxygen is being drawn. Yeah. <coughs> Okay, should we go? Ready? <coughs> Jeremy, can you shut the door? Uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the uh, Atlasford planning meeting. It's two o'clock. Uh, so we'll call the meeting two o'clock. I thought you said three o'clock. Sorry. I thought you said three o'clock. See, that's what I mean. Descent. We haven't even started. <laughs> Seriously. We'll check that on the recording. <coughs> Welcome, everybody. Um, we have no... Uh, I don't think we have any apologies for absence, except for Leslie Wells, who did let me know. So, Councillor Wells. Excuse me, Mr Chairman. Mr Chairman, could I ask... Um, Jeremy, could you just go and have a look and see what's making a banging noise, and would they please stop if they... <coughs> Thanks for that, Robert. Okay. It's, uh, it's evidently somebody getting married. Um, there, no, right, that's right. Uh, there's no fire alarms planned for today, so if there is an alarm, please meet on the grass outside. Can everybody ensure that they have their mobile telephones turned off, please? Today's proceedings are being recorded live, so... Any statements made, obviously bear that in mind. We have no notices of public speaking. Um, can I sign off the previous minutes, members? Uh, yes, I'll come to you, Richard. Yeah. There's a point Agreed. of accuracy on the minutes, Chairman. Okay, yeah. Could you if tell me? Uh, if you take... Uh, it's, it's a point of procedure, as much as accuracy. If you take PC69, which is the bottom of page 5 on my copy... Uh, Councillor Chambers uh, goes on to say proposed that an application be approved. Councillor Hicks seconded the proposal, both named, and that's fine, and it goes on to say that the matter was resolved. Uh, but that's the end of actually mentioning the members that propose and second um, motions to approve or to refuse. And I'm wondering what the protocol is on this. So, for example, if you take PC71 at the top of page 7, uh, it was actually Councillor Gerard that proposed the um, motion uh, that it be refused. It was seconded by Councillor Hicks, uh, and that matter was refused. So what is the protocol here? Uh, these are legal documents. They are the only record that the public have of the proceedings. So either we record everybody, which would be good, uh, or we record nobody, which would be possibly less good. But there must be a consistency, I submit. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Elizabeth? Would you like to comment, please? I would agree that, yes, consistency is... <coughs> OK, well, what we'll do under those circumstances is make it... <coughs> Technology in the workplace is a truly wonderful thing when it works. As I was saying, consistency is highly desirable and it is appropriate that the names of the proposer and the seconder of a motion should be recorded. Is that okay for you? Uh, if it can be corrected with that in mind, yeah, please, we'll for that. the other applications we dealt with on that occasion. Thank you. Yeah, I'll get Alistair to check what was said last time and we'll make an amendment. Okay. Any other points on that? Okay. In that case, we'll sign those off.
Any declarations of interest? Councillor Davey? Uh, yes, Mr Chairman. Uh, I am familiar with the uh, firm doing the police station application UTT 172952LB. I have no financial interest, but we'll leave the room if you wish. Uh, no, that shouldn't be necessary. That'll be fine. Uh, Councillor Freeman? Yeah, I am a member of Southern Warden Town Council and a member of its planning committee. And presumably ditto for Councillor Fairhurst? Okay, we've got that noted. Thank you very much. Any others? No? John? Uh, thank you, Chair. Yes. Um, I am acquainted with the freeholders of Waltham Hall. That's the first application, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, Councillor Davey, could you turn off your mic, John? Thanks. <coughs> okay. Um, in that case, we can hand over to Mrs. Denmark for the presentation on the first application. Thank you, Chairman. So this is a site um, in Takeley, and it's in close proximity to the... Karen, just speak closer to the mic. It's not picking up. Is that better? Oh. It's in close proximity to the airport, sort of being just the other side of this over here, really. Um, the um, site is located within the Countryside Protection Zone, and it is a site that has a um, rather complex situation in planning terms um, at the moment. Within the red line, you've got this building here, which is known as Network House. That's a curtilage listed building, and that has planning permission to be used as B1 offices. And the uses currently carried out within that building appear to be within B1, although they may be associated with unauthorised uses, which may or may not be being carried out on this site. Buildings A, B, C and D here have been used for vehicle repair, car storage, uh, sorry, um, coach building type operations. No planning permission has ever been granted for that, although a, um, an application for a certificate of lawfulness has recently been submitted for that, not yet been determined. Um, that use falls within Class B2. This building, sorry, I've lost my mouse. This building here, Building E, has until recently been used by Speedy Hire for um, small plant hire. That's a sui generis use. And Acme coaches are using building F as um, a workshop, although it's not large enough to take their vehicles. Acme use the rest of the site for the parking of vehicles. Um, and only a bit down the end here actually has the benefit of planning permission um, for the parking of vehicles following the issuing of a, an enforcement notice which was appealed and the inspector allowed the appeal and allowed the use of the site for the parking of vehicles. The grain store here was granted planning permission in 2011 and the building subsequently was erected, completed in 2014, although we were given to understand this morning that the base went down um, a couple of years before the building was completed. 
Outside of the site, you've got a timber barn here. That is a listed building. There's a range of buildings here that are listed, and you've got the listed farmhouse over here. And you've got two other residential properties over here. The proposed use of the site is, uh, the proposal relates to the demolition of all of the buildings on the site, except for Network House and the grain store. Network House would be retained um, as offices and the grain store is proposed to be converted into a workshop in association with the site which would change its use to a sewer generous use as a bus depot um, serving National Express who operate um, routes uh, to and from Stansted Airport. Within the site, there would be um, some parking bays to the front and around the back of the network house. And um, where the buildings are demolished, there would be a gap freeing up the listed building. So there would, um, it would sort of release the listed building from its current constraints and being hidden behind um, farm buildings. Um, an acoustic screen is proposed from this point here, D, right the way around to here at H, um, which is like this one down at the bottom here. And then part of it from D to F is proposed to be a green sort of living wall type um, acoustic fence. Um, then within the bus lanes, vehicles would come into the site, they would enter a toilet drop area where they would empty their tanks, then they would pass through, re refuel, have AdBlue added into the um, coaches and then pass into the um, wash area and screens, five metre high screens are proposed each side of the wash area, you can see them down here. So this is sort of like the general infrastructure, the fuel tanks and the AdBlue tanks, and then there would be a little kiosk office there as well. Um, around the outside of the site, it's proposed to create a one metre high, um, roughly all the way around, um, earth bund with um, native species planting on top. The um, external alterations are proposed to the grain store, which would, on the yard side of the building, four roller shutter doors are proposed to provide access into the service space with personnel doors. We've got windows added at first floor levels to serve offices which are proposed on the mezzanine floor inside, and we've got a fire escape on the um, like field side of the building. And then Network House, it's proposed for there to be some alterations to the building, but mainly um, more relevant to the next application in the, its replacement windows and replacement roof. Um, the issues are set out in the agenda. There's no objections from any of the consultees, although there are some requirements to consider if the public benefits outweigh the harm, such as in regards to the setting of listed buildings and um, the countryside protection zone. This is a finely balanced decision, 
but it's the officer's view that the application is recommended for approval as set out in the agenda, plus the extra condition as set out on the supplementary list of representations. Uh, thank you very much, Mrs Denmark. Um, I believe we have some speakers on this matter, so we'll take uh, Mr John Boyton, the applicant. Well, that's what I thought, yeah. Sorry, all right, we're going to start with Derek Jones first. Derek? Just there, and if you press the button, Derek, you, you have five minutes, Derek. Good afternoon, Chairman, uh, Council Members, uh, those listening. Um, I've been asked to speak this afternoon very briefly by uh, Take to Parish Council, uh, which I'm happy to do as their local councillor, uh, but I also have a somewhat personal perspective on this as I do live on Parsonage Road in Takeley um, and have experience of the traffic on this road for many years now. Um, I must say the merits of the development, etc., etc., have all been commented on uh, at some length by Take to Paris Council, and I'm not going to dwell on those particular planning issues. The, one of the biggest concerns we have locally as residents and as a parish council is actually that stretch of road between the Cooper's End roundabout and the, um, just past as you approach the Molehill Green uh, parish boundary, which is <coughs> a pretty awful bit of road under normal circumstances. It twists and turns all over the place. Um, there was a recent fatality on the road. There is no established footpath there, and yet there is considerable foot traffic from time to time. Um, there is a heavy usage at the moment, some 400-odd vehicles a day, uh, backwards and forwards to local um, tips or quarry sites or whatever, uh, or gravel sites. And the feeling is very strongly that the additional uh, usage that this uh, development will bring we're, at the moment, we're told there will be 80 coaches parking up there, 80 associated um, staff cars. Those are only the ones we know about and can deduce from the application that that's what they're trying to service. There's no mention at all of any additional traffic load caused by that site for vehicles just coming in to refuel, etc., etc. Uh, and that's another dimension that I don't think anybody's uh, discussed in the papers that I've seen, and there were some 115 of them. Um, Unless you actually live in the area and appreciate the conditions that exist there, the sort of site visit you would have had this morning as members to try and appreciate the site, the kind of interminable traffic there is on that road uh, of a heavy vehicle nature as well as the stuff that's going to the airport, the problems that are on the road anyway with fly parking uh, all throughout that length, um, are quite something of a challenge. It is not uncommon to find vehicles approaching you of a size and way over the central line because the nature of the road is such they cannot hug the curb. They, they, they sort of uh, come around the corners as anybody would expect to, um, but they don't really account for other traffic on the road. So the road is a fundamentally dangerous chunk of road uh, and it it's long past the time when it should have been recognised as such. The fact that there have been local incidents and one fatality reported in the last 12 months has added to local concerns. And we would stress very much that um, on those grounds alone, this is not a particularly satisfactory location for this kind of operation. 
Um, the planning papers did make a suggestion which um, was that there are a number of unregistered or unauthorised uses on that site already and uh, I read into it that there was a hint there that it might be quite um, a good thing to actually adopt this um, application and allow it to go ahead because it would solve those problems. That is no reason or no persuasion at all. If those are problems that should be being dealt with anyway and they are certainly not a reason for this council or its planning committee to decide that this uh, application is a means of dealing with those. Um, all I can add really is that there is considerable strength of feeling on this and we feel that it would not be a wise decision to go ahead and may the day not come when there are further accidents on that road. I urgently ask you to consider this um, submission uh, in that light. We don't believe it's safe. Uh, thank you very much, Councillor Jones. Um, Mr. Jeff Bagnall. Three minutes. Good afternoon, Mr. Chairman and committee. Uh, everyone else who's listening. Uh, obviously, I fully support uh, Councillor Jones's comments. Uh, I just want to sort of uh, explore a few others as well. Um, so my, my first comment is I'm really surprised at the planning department that they would recommend this for approval uh, when you look at the policies uh, that this contradicts. Um, so that was my first comment. I think the second comment to make is that this is quite clearly an airport-related activity. You cannot argue that. Uh, and policy S4 is quite clear that airport-related activity should be within the bounds of the airport. So, I mean, that's, that's quite a strong point. Um, and I think you, you need to look at the fact that it's countryside protection zone, it's coalescence with the airport, you've got impact on rural buildings, you've got listed buildings, and as Derek has pointed out, you've got a road there uh, where we've had fatalities, we've had people injured and we've had a number of near misses, and we continue to have the fly parking problem. If you go around the corner from the roundabout, there's the flooding of the road uh, and any, any vehicles that would access that site would have to go the long way round. They would have to come through that flooded area and that's just a, a, an accident waiting to happen. So I'm, I'm not really sure how many policies you have to break before someone turns around and says, I don't think we should approve this. So in my view, I think the planning department have not shown good sense uh, and I would hope that the planning committee shows good sense and refuses this application. Uh, and going to the last point, I think two rights don't make a wrong. So the planning department have known about the illegal operation for a long time and they've closed down the file because it's not expedient to follow up. Uh, so that, that's their choice, but that's not right as far as the people are concerned. But then they want to approve something that shouldn't be approved to correct the first one. Now, that's two wrongs just don't make a right. You can't operate like that. So I, I would urge the planning committee to refuse this application and I would further urge them to instruct the planning committee to do something about the illegal operation and further still go back to the applicant and say, please try harder with the airport to find a suitable location within the airport boundary. Thanks very much for your time.
thank you very much, Mr. Boughton. Uh, we now have the uh, applicant, Mr. John Boughton. Good afternoon, everyone, Mr. Chairman, councillors. Um, yes, I'm uh, John Bouton. I'm commercial director for uh, National Express. And, uh, many thanks for the opportunity to um, address you today on what is uh, arguably one of the single most important decisions for our uh, network and one of our single most important hubs, um, which is indeed the airport. I just wanted to give you a little bit of context around the planning application uh, for Waltham Hall and its importance to our, uh, our operations, our continuing operations. Um, we carry over 3.5 million customers per year to and from uh, Stansted Airport to all of the major uh, London termini and into our UK-wide uh, network. And we continue to invest in routes on an ongoing basis. It's a long-term commitment uh, with the airport. At our peak, we are carrying about one customer every second in and out of the airport. And for every coach we have on the road, we are taking 15 to 20 cars off the road. So we are a major contributor to Stanford Airport's public transport agenda. We invest only in the most up-to-date vehicles. We adhere to uh, safety and environmental standards that are the toughest that exist. There is nobody who, uh, who beats us in our industry on that uh, mark. And supporting and enabling this huge operation is a team of around 350 people on the ground uh, who are employed locally, who drive, maintain, control uh, our vehicles, uh, and who look after our customers on the ground at the airport. Um, to continue that operation, we need to make sure we continue to invest in our infrastructure, the infrastructure that enables it. And that really is why uh, we are here today. Um, this is the culmination of six years of searching for alternative uh, sites. We're currently in, in a number of off-airport sites that we need to vacate and that are no longer fit for purpose. On-airport sites have been looked at quite clearly. They are either not available or not suitable. Uh, and to some extent, this is, or to a large extent, this is a, an intercity operation. This isn't local uh, airport buses. This is an intercity operation. And Waltham Hall represents a suitable and available brownfield site. We do recognise that regardless of our proposal to enhance the site, it is uh, sensitive in the local context, as we've heard. Um, the project team has worked very hard with the planning officers to prepare plans that respect and protect the character of the local area, of the adjacent listed buildings and uh, dwellings around the site. Uh, and mitigation and enhancement measures have been built into the application, uh, as you would expect. Um, so through her considered report, the planning officer confirms that the proposals that you have seen and now presented to you are satisfactory and appropriate. So just to finish, um, as National Express, we are, are fully committed to running sustainable public transport operation, um, to have a long-term partnership and a big contribution to the local economy. And through this planning application, we hope to continue uh, our investment and uh, we commend the planning officer's recommendation for approval to you. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, Mr. Boughton. Um, I'm going to hand you over to Nigel Brown, who's going to clear up a few of the technical points raised. 
Yes, just I can't speak for long because I'm losing my voice. You'd be pleased to know, so it shouldn't take long. Um, the, um, picking up four points from what the speaker said. First of all, picking up what Councillor Jones said and the parish speaker spoke, and I wholeheartedly agree with them. You should not be approving this to mop up the fact that there's unauthorised use on the site. That is never a reason to approve planning permission, and I don't want to start that. But that is not what the case officer was saying. The case officer was saying there was a number of activities on the site, some of which are time-barred from action. For whatever reason we're at, they've been there for more than 10 years. Some of the activities, not all of them, and that is the time-bar. And then we have a number of certificate of lawfulness in with us now, certificates of lawfulness, that's the best plural of it, and as a result of that, some of these activities could happen out of control. And that does, by coincidence, include some sort of coach depot, which we haven't got a certificate of lawfulness in, but that has been there for some time. That is for another place, and it is not for this place to consider that. And I'm not going to rehearse all the necessary breaches of planning control and alleged breaches of planning control, but that is not a reason to approve planning permission. The second issue is the parish. I'm not going to get defensive about the parish council's comments which was a sideways swipe slightly at offices on, in terms of our recommendation. We have a planning balance here, a clear balance, planning balance, and I agree with the parish. We have an objection from the conservation officer in terms of impact on listed building, but she says there is harm caused that listed building, but the public benefits of the proposal can outweigh that, and that is the judgment for this room. And secondly, it is, in the set, it is in the countryside protection zone, which avoids the airport coalescing with the, with the open countryside, and therefore it is contrary to that policy. But again, we have a planning balance that this room will be making this afternoon. So I don't I think the officers should be criticised for making that planning balance in favour of the proposal, but members could consider that. Thirdly, there's an issue about um, policy S4 has also been mentioned. Um, policy S4 does not prevent airport activity from happening outside of the airport. It prevents non-airport activities from happening on the airport. It's the other way around. It protects activities on the airport specifically for airport use. I know there is, in the emerging local plan, that there are, that's, there's a loosening of that control to allow some non-airport activities on the airport. But again, that's not for this because this is not within the confines of the airport. Fourthly, and possibly for another place not for this thing, is the activity of why isn't this activity in the airport? Um, it, is, it is not an airport, totally airport activity, but obviously it has a close relationship in some of its activities to the airport. And I agree, and I think everyone in this room will probably agree, the best place for it would be within the confines of the airport. But that is not what we're proposing today. And regardless of the outcome of the proposal today, whether it's approved or refused, I think there will be, work, where will be conversations with the airport to try to encourage this type of activity on the airport rather than this location. Members need to be considering this activity in this location on its locational basis based upon its, the suitability of the site. I leave it at that and let the debate continue. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Brown. Um, okay, members, it's over to you. Um, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, just a couple of things. Point of clarity, one thing. The, the officer made mention in the presentation, um, the statement actually was made, no objections were received from consultees. And I think that's either misleading or, or, or it's inaccurate because one has to consider the parish councils being consultees and both of them objected fairly robustly. So I think that's just me, me to be clear on that. 
um, I think we're all mindful of the value of transport infrastructure in, into the district and anywhere else. And I think that has been made, from the point has been made by, by, by Officer Nigel Brown. But um, even the Conservation Officer, I agree, um, saw this, we have to look at the value of it, and that's what we had to do here. Um, but we have to understand that value as well. This is a rural side, we were there today. Um, it is within the, the CPZ and outside of development areas. And as, as I understand it, and we have to make exceptional decisions here when they're, when they're, if that exception is demanded. Um, it seems to me, and I certainly feel this way, that we are being, being, being asked to make a decision here between um, a, an uncontrolled, um, historically unenforced environment, which is somewhat, somewhat chaotic and, and quasi-commercial, with, with one that is controlled, that will give us some kind of control of the future. Um, but I'm afraid I feel, as, 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 as Nigel Brown pointed out, that's not our issue today. Our issue, in fact, is to, just to balance the dictates of, of value in terms of the commercial asset to the environment, to, the, to the, um, the commerce, to the district, versus the impact of the lake on the area. And I think that I must um, raise at least the three issues, the one of being um, 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 it will affect detrimentally, says the Conservation Officer itself, um, listed building and our heritage. I think it's important we're talking about the um, work within the, in the, the um, conservation area. It certainly does change the local character. We were out there today. There's no question about this being a rural site. It concerned me a lot that we, this same area has given, um, um, we have given uh, uh, approval to build a grain um, a store, a beautiful grain a, a barn, which you're all somewhat envious of. It's a grain barn. It's suited there. That's where it should be. It's a farm. Um, and then within a couple of years, we're now saying it's going to become a commercial site for bus depot. Um, and I think we all in the bus today noticed there was this very serious traffic risk, not just the footpaths itself, but this is tiny, winding rural road. And for those three reasons, I propose to refuse this application. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Lemon. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Jim. Um, could I have some clarification? I noticed that uh, Takeley um, queried uh, delivery of 106 contributions, and uh, I'm just wondering whether there should have been a 106 contribution in this planning application. Uh, Mrs. Denmark. Um, there are no requirements for Section 106 contributions. Can you just clarify that as to exactly why? Um, none of the consultees have requested any contributions towards any, um, any particular issues. Um, highways don't want anything. Um, education don't want anything. There's no affordable housing requirements. There's no contributions um, you know so you know it, it, it doesn't generate any, the requirement for any um, contributions so I don't know what sort of contributions they were looking for. Councillor Lemon. Well I, I, I know a little bit about um, education in Takeley and I would have thought that did need some contribution particularly at this mo moment in time. Can I just clarify that issue? Um, I still don't understand why a commercial activity would seek require contributions towards education. It's a commercial activity. And if it's employing local people, whether it's within this district or not ever, those particular proposals will be living in houses. It is, it is residential development that, that causes the draw on education. 
is education that causes the draw on affordable housing. And, you know, in terms of commercial development, all Section 106 requirements must be related to the development. And, um, and the only one that would have come to mind in my mind would have been any highways improvements that were required, and the Highway Authority have concluded there's no requirements. Unfortunately, the Section 106s are related to development. They're not a tax, and that's, there's a clear difference here. So there is absolutely no requirement for Section 106s from this, from this development. Councillor Lemon. Well, I would have thought if people are employed, particularly if they're um, young people being employed there, they would need a good education to qualify for work. That links back to their residential accommodation, not to where they work. Otherwise, you're double counting, and you, you, that's just wrong. Councillor Lodge, and then Councillor Freeman. Thank, thank you, Chair. Interesting, from, from what Ms. Denmark said, uh, we'd be looking to any of the statutory consultees to request Section 106s. Now, surely we as, as an authority and officers when they're considering this can look at things that may be seen as necessary. We have seen that one of the major issues is the state of that road. It is a dangerous road. Can we not then, as an authority, look to a Section 106 for uh, general improvements to that road? I think Mr Brown's going to repeat what he said just now, but uh, go on. On that particular issue, um, don't forget the 106 requirements are also based on policy. And, and so specifically, it does come down to highways on this particular issue in terms of Section 106s. The local highway authority have not sought a Section 106 requirements because they haven't sought major improvements to the road network. Um, I would agree with the speakers, certainly from the parish and from the local member, that the road is, is not ideal and probably generally does require improvement. But the Highway Authority need to look at this. And the Highway are not backwards at coming forwards in requesting Section 106 requirements. And quite often it's, it's us that tend to be batting them back. But in this particular case, the Highway Authority have not sought any requirements on this particular proposal. The road is as it is, and this proposal does not require... There is going to be some improvements. There's going to be some, slight, there's going to be some widening of the road, which can be secured by the development through Grampian conditions. It's not necessary for a 106, but in terms of general 106 contributions for the improvement of the, the general area, that's not proportionate to this development. Unfortunately, it's the constraints of the, of the SEAL regulations in terms of what we can see for a Section 106. Uh, Councillor Freeman. Yeah, thank you, Chairman. Um, I support the argument, it's not perhaps for this committee, that this, this is an activity it should be. On the, within the perimeter of the airport. It's very clearly largely airport-related transport, public transport, uh, but that's not an issue for this particular application. Can uh, the officer please confirm, I can't find it in the text, but it maybe I just look straight through it. Uh, I think it's important that this site is not subsequently turned into a site for off-airport parking of cars, and that, I think, should be a condition if it's not already. I couldn't find it, but I was assured it's there, and I'm happy if it is there. That's fine. Um, and it is a difficult decision, because uh, the site that we saw, first of all, the operational one, the one that's functional now, it's very carefully maintained, very tidy, very clean, uh, by English standards, very good. Uh, and that would obviously be the case if they moved here, and that would be a significant improvement. Uh, but that, again, isn't a good reason for it. Uh, I feel that the roads are completely inadequate for the size of vehicle that's going to be using them day in and day out. 
And I think a part of this should be an improvement of the approach road to this site if we're mindful of granting consent. It doesn't seem to make any sense having the roads that we've got at the moment. They really are inadequate with heavy uh, passenger service vehicles going up and down. They are very rapidly becoming even more inadequate. Uh, and we need to fix that. And we, I think it falls to us to cause that to happen rather than saying, oh dear, it's not us. I, I think we should do whatever we can to make sure that the, road, the local road last couple of miles to this site is upgraded if we're mindful of approval. <coughs> Mr Brown, first. Uh, yes, just picking up the airport parking point, there is no condition on there, is there? No, I can understand why there isn't, but I actually do agree with you. I think in terms of... I'm not going to say what I was just going to say, but it is not worth... It's not, it would be helpful if we just had belt and braces, put a condition on there saying, otherwise you could have because the word parking provision for cars, which we all know what that's about, that's about parking related to the activity in terms of it, but um, some clever lawyer could go, go, go get clever on that one and say, well, that allows airport parking. So for belt and braces, we can put a condition on regarding that. Councillor Chambers. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Uh, Mr Chairman, my, my main concern is um, the future, if you like, and the countryside protection zone. Now, we're in a period uh, at the moment where the airport is expanding all the time. Uh, whether it does in the future or not uh, doesn't really, I think, come into it. But what does come into it is that if you have a policy, a specific policy, which we put in place, then if you start to break it, then you are causing uh, a precedent and you're... If you're not adhering to the policy you've got, then why include it? Now, in my understanding, by looking at what we are proposing in the new local plan, we are saying that we are going to enhance our countryside protection zone. And as Mr Brown said, this is a difficult decision and it is balanced. So it isn't a clear-cut approval. I think if we can, and I don't know whether we can or not, but I would um, respectfully suggest that we ought to look at refusing this and suggesting, if we can, to the applicant that they speak again with Manchester Airport Group because I think it's my understanding they have something like 150 acres on that site within the airport. Is that right? Something like that. I don't know the precise amount, but they've got a lot. Uh, uh, I think it's about 150 acres. What we're talking about here is probably two to three acres. Now, because of what is happening with the number of passengers that are being coached from there, this is primarily, and I would say probably 95%, to do with the airport. Now, I cannot see if we have a policy that we are going to enhance hopefully, over the next 12 months, two years, we hope it's not too long, then it wouldn't be right to approve this at the present time because we might be causing ourselves a problem in the future. Does that make any sense? Yes, yes it does. Uh, Mr Brown? <clears throat> You started off well. Yeah, I think generally what you've just, all you've just said makes perfect sense. But then going back into the room, um, you mentioned the countryside protection zone. If members are mindful to refuse this application, 
you can do it on CPZ S8. It clearly complies because you have made the judgment that the, pub, the, the public interest from allowing this very important operator that we want to be operated in our district doesn't outweigh the alarm from S8. The policy of the well, and also up the countryside protection zone, although the local plan is, is, is moving forward, one of the early parts of the proposed part of is the evidence base. Is the first question is the relevance of the countryside protection zone. That has been re-emboldened, if you like. It's been looked at, it's been assessed, and it has been considered as fit for purpose. I think a little bit's been taken out and a little bit's been added on, but it's fit for purpose. Um, and members can make that judgment in terms of, so it is quite clearly could be refused on that if members are mindful to do that. And, it, and that would be a robust refusal reason that could be defended on appeal. You're quite right in terms of the direction of travel, where we're going with a local, local plan means in a year's time, two years' time, wherever we're going to be, we will be in a position where we're trying to enhance other activities on the airport as well. But that's for another time. But um, you're right in terms of making a quick decision, public interest decision today. It could be sorted out later on in terms of the local plan. But we, we could put together a refusal. Councillor Chambers, you'd like to come back. If I could just come back and say thank you for that. It's clarified it. We have good reasons to refuse it. So therefore, if Councillor Fairhurst is going to propose it's refused, I will second that. Okay. Uh, Councillor Lachlan, before we get to that point. <laughs> I know I'm small, but I've been forgotten. Um, yeah, well, much. <laughs> well, that way down, I mean. Sorry, just, just to be on, the, on, on a little bit more frivolous thing. It's because um, Councillor Lachlan sits around the side of the computer and yeah. you, you can't see, can't see that. that. That's I the know. problem, Mr. I know. I have asked for a, a different chair, but it's been a long time coming, I'm afraid. I can't see you either. Um, okay. Right. Councillor Lachlan. Right. Well, much of what uh, Councillor Chambers said, I agree with. It has been very difficult, this decision, but um, going forward to the next, or the draft local plan, if you like, our countryside protection zone has been deemed to be suitable, with a few alterations, that it is actually going into the next um, local plan, along with our Greenbelt, both of which we seek to protect very strongly and that is one of the reasons I cannot vote for this. We have a, a very well respected um, policy officer, uh, Mr Pine, who works closely with the airport and he has said, and if you don't mind I'll read it out, Given the importance of National Express services to the airport, it does therefore seem surprising that an on-airport location for the depot cannot be found within either the southern or northern ancillary areas identified in the 2005 adopted local plan. Uh, and I think that sums it up uh, correctly. I think S7 and S8 are strong reasons uh, to uh, refuse this application and I did ask actually on site and Mr Boughton has actually endorsed it and I did ask if it was an airport related use and I was told on site this morning that it is and Mr Boughton said that his customers at the airport which kind of endorsed that and I very specifically asked that to, to make sure that it is an airport related use and I've asked that several times and it's come back with the same answer so I'm afraid for all those reasons I will not be supporting this application. Uh, thank you, Councillor Lachlan. Okay, anybody else from the floor? Okay, Councillor Lodge. Thanks, Chair. Um, 
A very, very difficult decision for me. Um, just, just before I go into what I see as my summing up, um, on, on 1.1 of the, of the presentation, just to go through, it actually says outside of development limits, countryside protection zone. We've misstated that. It's, it's inside the countryside protection zone. It's two different designations. It's outside the country. It's outside the development limits, and it's within the countryside protection yeah, okay. zone. I'm not I, trying to say. I it's just didn't want anybody picking that up in the future as being as being a misstatement. So no, just go, going on to my yeah, going on to my substantive point, um, we're, we're actually in a sad, sad situation that we've we've allowed this current situation to to go on for what appears to be 12 years, and it appears though we are heading towards a, a certificate of lawful use on this site. Um, and if we have a look at the transport report, I know that there are 115 documents, so I'm sure a lot of people want to see this. But if you go to the, um, the, the transport survey uh, section 5.3 and 5.4, um, it actually shows that this application will result in a reduction of traffic movements from 171, sorry, sorry, will we'll, go from a current use of 489 movements in a 12-hour period to 171 in a 12-hour in a period. I know this is a 24-hour operation, there will be some on that. But the actual fact on this is that there will, be, there, there will be possibly a significantly smaller use of the site and the road will be put under, le, under, under lesser pressure. However, having said that, I have to agree with Councillor Chambers that uh, this is the countryside protection zone, that we could be setting a, a dangerous um, precedent and, and every means should really be put on National Express and MAG to get together to put this on site. So I'm weighing two very difficult uh, decisions here, and I think on, on, on the whole and on the balance, I would, I would have to oppose it. For me, it's a, it's a, it's a close-run thing. We've got into a very nasty situation with this site. Uh, thank you, Councillor Lodge. Uh, Do we have a we, we have a, a proposal for refusal, I think, from Councillor Fairhurst. Can I just clarify on that proposal? Um, we well, first of all, we have the CPZ policy S8 issue. Um, you mentioned it earlier on about the heritage issue as well. Do you want that bit added as well? Because, I mean, there is harm to list a building, and by the decision you'll make, if you do make to refuse it, you're saying that that's not outweighed by the public interest. Whilst I'm on... Um, ENV2. EMV2, yeah. Whilst I'm on, um, I'm looking at the applicant here. I think the pressure is more on MAG than actually on National Express. Um, but um, I'm, we will be taking this away, and also both my assistant director will also be taking this away in terms of trying to make this happen um, in terms of either an appropriate site, hopefully on the airport, but that's for another place. Um, okay, if everybody... Councillor Fairhurst? Sorry, to, cl to clarify, there were three points. Also, don't forget that the traffic issue is an issue. There are three issues as well. The, the egress and entrance to that area is, is, is hazardous and it's not sufficient to support large coaches backwards and forwards on 25 hour nurses. I think it's a danger and I think we should consider it. 
You know what I'm going to say now. <laughs> we haven't got uh, a statutory consultee supporting that, unlike the other two issues. So members need to be that you're, you're going slightly off piece. But it's a third refusal reason, so that is, it's your call uh, in terms of whether you feel that's appropriate. I think given the figures that Councillor Lodge has just represented, I don't think we should necessarily add that, if that's okay, Councillor Fairhurst. Yeah? No, you want to add it? And also okay. bear in mind that part of the site does have planning permission as a, as a bus depot. So I understand that, Mr Chair. My concern is there are 58 parking spots here for coaches, and I'm afraid I'm not prepared to just discount that. Uh, well, it's your proposal. Um, does that find a seconder? Councillor Lemon. Okay, so we have a proposal and a seconder for refusal. Uh, just before I go to the vote, I'm just going to clarify this. I think, um, from my point of view, we're fully in support of National Express. Right? We like the operation. I thought the way you ran things this morning was exemplary, um, considering you had such a restricted site. So we would like to do everything to support where you're coming from. But by the same token, I think it's very difficult for us to say it's not an airport-related activity with airport vehicles. Also, you're doing airside as well as both sides. And I just, it's very difficult for us to separate that. So given the facilities that perhaps MAG have, then we will do our best to look at that with a view to some sort of coalescence of uh, going forward, if you like. Okay, we need to go to a vote. So we have, uh, uh, for refusal, uh, all those please show. Okay, we are unanimous. Thank you very much. And we'll move on to the listed buildings item related to the same application. Councillor Denmark. Sorry. I've been Mrs. Voted Denmark. In without knowing. <laughs> right, this part of the application um, relates to um, Network House at the front and also the Timber Barn. Um, hate this, no mouse, timber barn here. Um, bit academic in some ways. Um, the works to Network House um, relate to replacement windows, replacement roof, replacement doors and new internal alterations um, uh, to suit the, what would have been the requirements of the operator. Um, and then also um, I don't actually have any plans because it's a bit hard to show plans, but um, oh, I'll go backwards. Um, where building ABCD was proposed to be demolished, um, the way that the building is fixed and the guttering is fixed to the, tim the listed building, it would have required um, new guttering to be added to the listed building. So the um, works relate to... Um, those issues basically and um, the listed building applications recommended for approval with conditions uh, Thank you very much Mrs Denmark uh, Speakers on this item again the applicant John Boughton Have I got parish council as well? Jeff uh, sorry I'm sorry it's the wrong way on my list I've got uh, Jeff Bagnall. Jeff, if you'd like to. You have three minutes. I 
think I've probably said everything I needed to say on the last one, but it just gives me an opportunity to, to call that. I don't know if the committee are aware, but work has already started in demolishing the inside of the building, even though they haven't got any permission. Now, I don't know who's carrying out the work, whether it's the landowner or whether it's the applicant. I very much doubt it's the applicant. Um, so I just wanted to call out to the committee that um, they obviously don't hold the authority in much regard, uh, nor do they hold the law in much regard, because they've clearly started work on uh, demolishing parts of it. And I think within the report, one of the conditions stated that they would need to reinstate that. Um, so I think I just wanted to call that out. Thanks very much. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Bagnall. I'll get it right this time. Uh, Mr. Belton? Sorry, I've got it right now. I apologise. Yes, I don't think I should be needing three minutes either. Um, it is, it is uh, I guess, largely academic. I think it is worth, um, I think it is worth saying that, that relating to this particular part of the application, um, we have worked very closely with planning officer and, and, and conservation officer and uh, fully understand our obligations to the site and to the historic buildings uh, that are on or adjacent uh, to the site. So should this eventually go forward in some way or other, then we have a long-term commitment to the area. Um, we understand our obligations and would want to make any uh, refurbishment or any work that we do completely sympathetic to the nature of those uh, listed or curtilage listed buildings. And I think that's probably it for me. Okay, thank you, Mr. Bowen. And just for everybody, the committee, just to clarify, any works that have been done to those existing buildings, it's not by the applicant that we have in front of us here, just to make that very clear. Okay? Thank you very much you. indeed. Okay, in that event, I will hand it over to the committee for their comments. Gentlemen and ladies. No? Paul? Yes. Uh, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Alan. Um, Mr Chairman, just basically to look at the Conservation Officer's report, which I think was extremely um, substantial and comprehensive, um, I, sus I suspect that what is put down here is, is valid just and we can be guided by it. It talks about the Netflix House and its curtilage listing and the significance of its structure. And as long as we don't depart from that and we adhere to the conditions that you put forward, I'd be happy to support this application. Uh, thank you very much. Does that find a seconder at this stage? Uh, Councillor Lachlan's happy to second that. Uh, I tend to agree with you, Councillor Fairhurst. I don't think there's any problem, and I think everything's covered as such. So uh, if we're happy enough to go to a vote for approval of this application, will all those please in favour show? That also is unanimous. So that item is completed. Thank you very much. Mrs Denmark. Uh, the application for UTT 173195 for Quixie Hill has been removed from the agenda. It's been withdrawn, so we'll move straight on to 2952 listed buildings application for the police station in East Street, Saffron Warden. And it's Mr Luke Mills to take us through the application. Luke. Thank you, Chairman. The site is located off East Street in Saffron Walden and contains a Grade 2 listed former police station. 
The application is for listed building consent to make various internal and external alterations to the building and to extend the existing boundary wall. The most significant external changes are two rear extensions. They are here on the plan. A first floor extension above the former stable block. That's here. And the erection of a new section of wall along the front boundary. And that's this short section here. The drawing of the front elevation, so that's the one in the top left, uh, shows the first floor extension and various alterations here. And the rear elevation, so that's the one just below, that shows the rear extensions, which are this here and this bit here. The new section of boundary wall shown here would be accompanied by a set of black wrought iron gates. The Council's Conservation Officer raised no objections to the proposed works, subject to some minor amendments. These were subsequently made. As set out in my report, all relevant material considerations have been considered and it is recommended that listed building consent be granted. Thank you very much, Luke. Uh, we have no speakers on this, so I can go straight. Oh, we do. Uh, Mr. Abrahams, a supporter. Thank you. You have three minutes, Mr. Abrahams. Good afternoon, Chairman, Council and Members. Uh, my name is Ian Abrahams. I'm the architect for this exciting project. The listed building application before you relates to the alterations for the conversion of the former police station to three residential properties. <coughs> the property has been empty since 2015 when the police station relocated to the lodge adjacent to these council offices. Members will, I'm sure, also be aware that a separate full plan application listed building applications for the redevelopment of, this police, of the police station and additional residential properties um, is due to be heard, I believe, at the next Development Control Committee in February. The purpose of this application is to enable my client to commence the listed building works without delay so they can live in one of the converted properties. The works comprise the removal of a selection of modern partitions internally, the formation of internal openings and the extensions as were earlier described. The proposals have been prepared in negotiation with the Conservation Officer Barbara Bosworth, who has recommended approval of the project subject to some minor alterations. These have been made during the application period and the revised drawings submitted now fully accord with the Conservation Officer's requirements. Mrs Bosworth states in her comments on the application, I consider that in principle the police station and the attached outbuilding lends itself well to the suggested conversion of three houses. The devised scheme deals intelligently with the subdivision of the historic structure. Full details of the proposed materials, repairs and joinery details have been submitted with the application in order to agree any conditions that might have been included with the list of building consent so that work can start as soon as possible. There have been no representations made on the application from surrounding neighbours or other members of the public. Our client had an open day at the police station in September last year in order to show the proposed alterations and invite comments from surrounding neighbours 
and other interested parties. Around 50 people attended there and the overall feeling of the day was one of support for the conversion of this important building within the town. The listed building application before you has been recommended, by approval, sorry, recommended for approval by your planning officers and the conservation officer on the basis that the proposed works would not have any adverse effect on the special character of the listed building. I therefore ask that you follow your officer's recommendation and grant listed building consent for this project. Thank you. thank you very much, Mr. Abrams. Uh, Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. I just wish to correct something in the report, item 7, Town Council comments on page 57. Um, the 7.1 says we do not wish to comment due to insufficient information. That was true because the plans were inadequate for us to form any opinion, but then we subsequently received a revised set of plans which were very much better. And, uh, and we have submitted a um, response that had been considered by the planning committee at the town council. And that response has come through to us. For some reason, it's not actually on here. But it is actually, we have no objections uh, to the revised plans, the ones that came before us at the very end of November. So uh, we have no problems with this particular aspect of the development. Okay, thank you very much for that. Uh, Councillor Lodge. Thank you. Um, yeah, you, you may have noticed that it was, it was called in uh, by myself, um, and uh, one thing there was possible over development, and that's something that we haven't formally seen yet because we haven't seen the whole scheme. One of the other things was that I, I, I did actually want the, whole, the, the, the complete scheme to be put in context before we before we prove it because it's a very important and sensitive site in Saffron Walden as uh, as people will know so um, I under, I do understand why the applica applicant has done this and that, uh, they, that they want it for uh, their own use I just then really have a query about the extension so we've obviously got um, the inter the internal alterations I can understand that, that that, that's pretty uh, straightforward. However, we are looking at new builds. So the technical question is, do we not need planning application for the new build, or can that actually be part of the listed building application? It just seems a little bit odd to me. Uh, my understanding is that no works would be commenced to the, uh, the basically the conservatory additions until the full application is in. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So there's a number of items like the, the extensions to the building that would need planning permission as well as listed building consent. So works couldn't commence on those until a planning permission was also granted. This is just obviously for, for listed building consent. So really what it assists with is carrying out internal alterations and a very few external alterations like replacement windows that only need listed building consent. Just to come back, it, it is a bit odd though, isn't it? Sort of we, say, we say you can go ahead with, with part, part of this application. It does seem rather strange. And could it, before you come back, and I just, could I just make a general point, that we've had, I think, all, all of the applications uh, so far have had input from the uh, conservation officer, um, and yet we never see the conservation officer. I think I just maybe a comment from Mr Brown that uh, in future applications it, it will probably be useful we were able to grill the, uh, the relevant officer but uh, to see the conservation officer at time and I think I even made this point on one, uh, one application last time where I thought it would have been useful to see so if I could uh, make that point going forward 
<coughs> that's noted. She's, she's, not, she's not well at the moment, so she couldn't have gone anyway, but that is noted. But also, picking up the other point about what you're saying, it is a bit roundabout, cart before horse, uh, but what it's basically doing, it's future-proofing this later on. Members will be sitting here at it might not be February, it might be March, and so, so we, we just don't know. But I think when the application comes to this committee, members will be considering that extension in planning terms, not just in conservation terms. And, and so therefore other issues about it in terms of overlooking, all those other things that you need to look at in terms of extensions will need to be considered. So you're not prejudicing that decision. It's just that if, if you were approving it, it's future proving it that the list of building stamp is, is, is sorted. Uh, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Uh, well, you may already have answered it, but as this was called in by Councillor Lodge, um, does it necessarily mean that this may not come to committee unless Councillor Lodge calls it in again? Is it going to be uh, no, delegated? No, the other one is coming to committee, Councillor Lodge. Um, obviously, the new application is just a planning application because we haven't got a... Uh, we haven't, have you got a list of building consent with that as well? So they've, they've both been called in as well. So, yeah, that, that, that will come to this committee. Okay. Uh, I, just before I come to you, Councillor Chambers, um, Luke, could you please just show me where the new piece of wall is going? There we go, here's the cursor. So, new piece of wall, it's this bit along the front here, and then there's also a bit that returns into the site down there. But visually from the road, it's this bit that's going to be the most okay. visible and it's the gates next to it as well. So that's not which we're shown. So my question is is that new wall going to impede possible access for parking spaces or traffic movements? Um, well yes I mean the, the wider scheme which has been submitted but is not yet um, fully assessed that includes access only off uh, Common Hill. Right, that's what so I'm over there. So there is but no I mean, again, this isn't this isn't for consideration. No, I, I understand that, but there's no access plan to be off of the main road on the southerly side. So, no. I mean, again, strictly not relevant to this application. But no, there is no plan for there to be access here off East Street. Okay, that's fine. Thank you, uh, Councillor Chambers. It's just, Mr. Chairman, I'm, I'm just. Um I think it's rather strange that you're having... I, I can understand that you, why you have to have listed building consent, and I, and I must declare an interest because I live in a listed building. So, But when you have two extensions on there and another layer going on top of the what used to be the fuel thing in front of the fuel depot and what have you there, it, why can't you wait until you've got the whole application in? Because... You're basically saying that you can't, if you give planning permission on what you've got there now, then those two bits added on there, are there not going to be any walls knocked down to join with that? And if they are, if it's a listed building, can you knock the wall down? All right, you can give them permission to do interior things, but are you giving them permission or prejudging giving them conditions on, on the back bit? I mean, I think I can't see any reason. If this application is coming before this committee in February, then why don't we defer it until February and see the whole thing? One month. Uh, Mr Brown. It's down to the internal work issue. I mean, again, we cannot guarantee this is going to come to the planning committee in February. I'm not going to contest Well, let's say that. we want it to come to the... Well, no, it might be March's planning committee that it comes to. That's what I'm saying. Well, all right, March, so March then. But, March. To, but, yeah, but 
there are some internal works that need to be carried out to the building. What you've just described is that they could take down the front wall and then wait to get planning permission for the extension. I really can't see that happening. A lot of the work, there's a lot of internal work that needs to be carried out to, these, to, these, to, these, to, this, to this property. And a month or two months is a very long period in order for them to be able to get on and do that. And a lot of those inter all that internal work doesn't require planning permission. That's all they're asking to do. And that's why we've... And it does sound a bit perverse that we're doing it this way. That's why they're too detached. It's just that two months or one month is a long time. Yeah. Councillor Chain. I need to declare an interest in as much as... When I was chairman of the police authority, I had a lot to do with all the buildings. And one of the buildings, obviously, was on, on our own patch here in Saffron Walton. So I do know the building extremely well. Now, I understand they don't want police cells within the building, because as far as I know, the cells are still there. Although they'd been used for storage for many years, uh, they could, if you wanted to, bring them back to a, to a cell. That, that's just beside the point. But I still come back to what I'm saying. If you're talking about a short period of time, and it is a short period of time when we're in the middle of winter, then I think we should be looking at the whole plan, so we should defer this until the whole plan comes in. Full stop. Uh, yes, Mr Mills, if you clarify some points, and yeah. then I'll come to Councillor Freeman and Councillor Lutz. Yeah, just by way of clarification, um, I totally understand what you're saying. It would be preferable if we had the whole scheme in front of us to be able to, to determine it. However, the applicant was insistent that they wanted this to come to this committee because, as we've heard, internal alterations that require listed building consent only could then be uh, proceeded with. Now, it's, the, it's not for us to um, refuse to determine something or to delay a decision when it is their right to submit a particular application, and we have to then we have a duty to, to issue a decision on that as well. Now, also, is you talk about delaying it until the next one comes to committee. That comment in itself is almost predetermining what might happen with the other because that one, it may come to the committee next month, it may come to the committee the month after. Also, the thing to remember is it only comes to committee if it's a recommendation for approval. At this stage, we could approve or refuse that. So this is completely, this stands on its own as an application. The only question is whether the alterations and extensions are suitable for the listed building, and we have advice from the conservation officer that says they are. It's just the physical alterations, and so it's on that question that you're asked to make a decision. Councillor Freeman first, and then Councillor Lodge. Thank you. Um, I too have lived in listed buildings, including a beautiful Category 2 star Georgian, George IV listed building in Ashby Lazouche, which I dragged screaming and kicking into the 20th century. Uh, and I lived in it whilst I did it. Um, and it's the nature of the beast that if you live in a building whilst you're working on it, you can't just organise things down to the last few minutes or the last few weeks. You have to do it as and when you can. So I think it would be a much better decision by this committee. I agree with Councillor Chambers. A much better decision, a better quality decision, to deal with this as one single entity when it comes forward. And actually, if the applications for units one to four, which we've already dealt with at the Town Council Planning Committee and seen uh, and sent a response to you, uh, and units five to seven, 
there's no reason at all why they shouldn't be considered at a single sitting and we can do the job properly. It would require a site visit, that's fine. It's not very far to go. I think it falls to us to do this as well as we can. Um, and, okay, it's a minor inconvenience, or an inconvenience, maybe a major inconvenience, but with listed buildings, it's the building that calls the shots, not the owner uh, or the person that wants to live in it. When we rebuilt the town hall in the middle of Saffron Walden, we used the finest materials and we used the best craftsmen we could find. Uh, so what I would like to point out also, Chair, uh, Chairman, there's another point I have here. The conservation officer says in the uh, inset paragraph, principal balance, I have no objection to the formation of a relatively tall brick wall within the frontage of the unit 5. Any such wall must be formed of handmade soft red bricks to match existing brick type bonding, pointing and coping. All perfectly reasonable, but I don't find those in the conditions. Uh, and so quite suddenly you get a, 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 a simple brick wall or fence or something and oh dear, it didn't turn up at the planning committee. Uh, so I think we need to be much more thorough about this. It's easy to ruin uh, listed buildings. Uh, this is not just one building, it's, it's, going to, it's actually three it's going to be turned into. I think we need to be much more careful with this. And I see no reason why we shouldn't delay for a month or two months. If the application for the whole site is actually already on our books, then surely we can make sure it comes forward to the next meeting. It's not rocket science. Maybe not. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Councillor Lodge. Thank you. I, um, as, as you know, I, I called it in and I had my concerns um, and I've, I've researched this quite thoroughly. And in fact, I'm going to take the, uh, the opposite view. I, I actually now feel comfortable with one proviso that, uh, that we should let this go through at this stage. I, I, I do understand why the applicant wants to get on with the job. So I would say providing that officers are comfortable that they can separate out the, the new build and any dangers that might come from the new build from the simple internal work, then on that proviso I would propose that we uh, accept this uh, proposal. <coughs> Thank you, Councillor Lodge. Councillor Davey. Uh, okay, I have a proposal and a seconder. Councillor Chambers, you wish to speak? Only just that I can't see how the officers can, or, or how Councillor Lodge saying that provided the officers are happy with it, that you could actually do that because you'd be prejudging that anyway. Well, officers are happy with it because we're recommending approval for it. And so we are confident of the fact. Yes, but you can't be, you can't be, you can't, unless you've got it in print, be confident to us until you put a recommendation forward on the next one. No, that's not what we're saying. The application in front of us is for internal alterations to the building and some extensions which require planning permissions, which from a conservation viewpoint we found acceptable and internal alterations are acceptable as well. If the proposal comes forward as a planning application, Luke was quite right in terms of saying, we're not going to prejudge that. The proposal in front of us may not be acceptable. It may not be acceptable in planning terms, and it may be refused under delegated powers. That is not prejudiced by what, we've, what, we're, what if it was approved today. So I'm absolutely confident. And also, should I also add that any enclosure around this listed building, in terms of building walls, all those type of things, also require planning permission. So really, literally, the only thing they can do is the internal alterations. I've had my say. Okay. Uh, I find myself in agreement with Councillor Lodge. 
Uh, I think that uh, given that the uh, conservation officer is happy with the proposed works and they are in the majority internal, uh, I can see no reason why we can't support this and let it go through. So I have a proposer and I have a seconder. So in that case, and we'll go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. Five. All those against, please show. Two and abstentions. Two people sitting on the fence. Okay. In that case, that matter is approved. That matter is approved and that ends the meeting for today. Thank you very much, members, and thank you, members of the public.
for whatever his own little reasons. I mean, who's to say that you went back and then, you know, he doesn't think, actually, oh, she doesn't love me, she doesn't do this, that she, he won't find, try and find somewhere else and go, oh, you know, it hasn't worked. Where do you start with that? And no, no counsellor is going to be that good. They're not bloody miracle workers, counsellors. All they do is sit there and they'll listen to you and, you know, you, you'll air both of it. And if you're totally honest with each other, they ain't coming back from any of it. It's just, are they? You know, forget the affairs, forget the affairs. But if you were totally honest and say, this is why, this is it, you know, I know you know some of it. But I think he's very detached. He's forgotten all that. You haven't. No. Oh, she'll get over it. <laughs> no, no, it'll be, it'll be alright. But I'm, I'm be here till half seven anyway, at work. But yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Nick can come round if she wants. No. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. No, she'd have to come out to see you, not you go around the house to see them. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. You know, and as I say, she's more than welcome to come around mine. I have to say to you, I will be going to bed early tonight because I woke up at three this morning and I haven't slept since. I was up, oh, I've just looked burning on my head, that's all. Um, a bit yesterday, but, if it, you know, work and everything else. So it, it was just one of those... Oh, nothing, nothing major. It, no, I was dealing with a case this afternoon, and you know, it just all, yeah, it all gets to you, doesn't it? Um, and I'm, I'm going to classes. I will be at classes for six o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Thursday. It's what happens every Thursday. My alarm will go off at five forty, and I'll quickly get up and yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just. Yeah, well, exactly. That's what I'm just telling you. <laughs> All right, you do that. No. All right, okay. All right then, lovey. I love you too. Take care, won't you? Right, bye. All right, bye, bye.